Listeners, young and old, big and small, male or female or non-binary, whatever that means. You are back for another week of the Midwestern Nerds. I am Chad Coffin. And I'm Brian Stoffel. And as always, you can find us. Uh, we are the Midwestern Nerds. M-I-D-W-E-S-T-E-R-N-E-R-D-S. At Midwestern Nerds on Twitter and Instagram. MidwesternNerds at gmail.com is where you can email us. The Midwestern Nerds podcast on Facebook. We're also streaming in a bevy of different places, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Please take the time to rate and review us. It really helps us. It helps the show. It helps Brian. It helps me. Mostly it just builds my ego, but I need the ego to keep doing the show. So it's important to rate and review. We have had a lot of guests recently, and that trend is going to stay this week. So this is an individual who probably without him, we would not be podcasting and bringing you the lovely nerdiness that we bring to you guys every week. This individual, I actually met when I was a camp counselor and Brian and I were camp counselors. I met him and he was my camper. We kind of stayed in touch. He became a camp counselor. We became closer. He got into college. We were adults. And then we've just stayed friends ever since. He is the host of probably as many podcasts as Ming Chen, so we can't even count. He is a guy who is a true Midwester nerd. He is a nerd in every sense of it. He is a true Midwest. He is North North Midwest from Tomahawk, Wisconsin. He hails the host of First Round KO, the host of One More Last One podcast, Kyle, a.k.a. Howard J. Dingers Olson. That was a great intro, an intro that I strive for on my other show. So I appreciate that. Also, your podcast is also available on Downcast, which is a paid podcast app that I use for all my podcasts. So that's where I listen to you guys. Just wanted to throw that out there. Excellent. (laughs) We've done a lot of talking, Brian. You got to jump in here at some point. All I was going to say is the Padawan has become the master because like Chad said, we raised this kid in camp for how many summers and then all of a sudden the next thing you know he's the one that's teaching us how to do this little thing called the podcast it all comes full circle it's funny because like you said like the padawan becomes the master because as that original like relationship that we had as camper and counselor it made me feel more adult and made you look like a kid to me so now I really feel like like an old dad like going to you for like advice I'm like hey what's a good mic? What app should we use to podcast? Like, it makes me feel so old. It's like when, like, my mom asks me to show her how to use her iPhone. It's, and that's how I feel whenever I ask. How do you tweet her? Yeah, what's what's a tweeter? What's a a fleet? (laughs) No, we are so excited to have you on. The loyal listeners of the show, you actually piloted our show on your show, First Round KO, 20 episodes ago. Well, technically 21 episodes because the pilot would have been episode zero. And now we are at episode 20. We've had a lot of guests on. We have some exciting things planned. 
for the future with guests and things like that. We had Elvon in studio last week. We have Kyle over Skype two weeks ago. We had a COVID scare situation. So we had Brian and Jordan on Skype with me here. So we're, we're just getting a bevy of guests in here, like we said before. But as all of our listeners know, before we get into the show, we got to do some nerd vetting. We got to make sure that Kyle is allowed to sit at the table with us. So he's going to go through his questions as requested by Brian. I shortened it up. Not shorter than Elvon's, but Elvon's shortness. And I'm going to recycle some questions because I will play the newborn card and I'm always busy and always tired and I work retail and it's Thanksgiving. I mean, like we said, if it wasn't for Kyle, we wouldn't be doing this podcast, but that doesn't mean that he is still worthy enough to sit at this table until he passes the uh, round of challenges we got coming for him. All right. Three categories. You'll hear some familiar ones, listeners. Pokemon, Star Wars, and the MCU. The MCU, because, and I'll give you a hint, it's Jordan's MCU questions, so it's Civil War and before. So anything leading up to Civil War and nothing after. So you have a much more condensed version. Whether that might help or hurt you, who knows. So let's fire it off. Is there a certain one you want to start with first? No, I think... It's going to be interesting either way we start, so let's just, let's just go ahead. All right. We'll start in the MCU. What is the name of the Rainbow Bridge the Asgardians use to travel from realm to realm? Ah. Oh. He knows. That's why it hurts. <laughs> Every one of these questions, I can already tell. It's going to be one of those things that I know that's, like, in my brain somewhere. We'll be able to tell that you haven't listened to past episodes because this is a repeat question. I didn't listen to last week's for <laughs> sure. Yeah. Oh, man. I can't think of it. Want to give it to him, Brian? It's the Bifrost. Dang it! <laughs> See, all of these are just going to be like, you're going to say them and I'm going to be yep, of course. In Captain America Civil War, what does Spider-Man steal? Cap's shield. There you go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was a rough go with it with Jordan. So. Oh, okay. What is the name of James Rhodes' Iron Man suit, otherwise known as Rhodey? War Machine. There you go. Excellent. Give you a bonus point if you know what he also referred to as. Well, you already said Rhodey. That's what, that's what I would have said. Iron Man 3? The suit gets a different name in Iron Man 3. Yeah, it does. I can't think of it. It's the Iron Patriot. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that one. All right. And last but not least, what is the name of Steve Rogers' best friend and comic book sidekick? Bucky? Yep. Excellent. That was Bucky Barnes. We're going to have to rename this segment Suck at Jordan because he's the only person who, like, <laughs> just tanked on it. You could have given Kyle a lot harder MCU questions right, than Jordan. Weird. These other ones are better. Okay. Yeah. Pokemon, name the three starters from Gen 2. Gen 2, that would be Chikorita, Totodile, and Cinequil. Excellent. Off to a strong start. All right. Ash claims to be a Pokemon master, but as of 2018, how many Pokemon had Ketchum actually attained in the animated series? I'll, I'll give you, if you get close, I'll, get, I'll give it to you. Oh, God. As of 2018. So just two years ago. So the show's been running since 93. But every year since 93, though? It's only been, like, a couple seasons because they go, like, each gen almost. Yeah, there's been, like, five or six seasons, but. So I'm going to say 
I'll go 65. Probably a lot lower than that. I think I can give him that. 52. Yeah, okay. I, I would say so because I'm not as big of a Pokemon uh, nut as you guys are, but how many Pokemon are there actually? Like eight. Uh, a lot. Them, I think. So. so. Well, in all the different series. I'll give it to you. That's I cool. was thinking I was thinking about, because I was going off five or six seasons, if there's he catches about ten a season. That's kind of what I was going off of. So Good. I like it. Who is the third Pokemon in the Pokedex? Oh, that. Okay. So it's going to be the third evolution of one of the starters. Which starter is number one? I want to say it's Charizard. Nope. No, it's Venusaur, isn't it? Yep. I was uh, debating. That's not so bad. That's three. Okay, let's go on to the next one here. Last but not least is Star Wars. I think this might trip you up a little bit more. This is going to trip me up. <laughs> what planet was the clone army created on? That is... Oh. My Battlefront day should help me with this. Yep. They really should. Which weren't too long. Like, literally, like, a month ago, I was playing it religiously. Oh, no, I can't think of it. I can see I can see what it looks like. I, I'm just going to – I'm going to throw out, like, Geonosis. That's what I'll throw out. No, I can't uh, think of it. What is it, Brian? It is the ocean planet that's always raining, Camino. Geonosis is the <sighs> – planet that they battle on at the end of attack of the clones in the yep. coliseum yep yep that was the easy one <laughs> awesome that's awesome uh, how many languages does c3po claim to be fluent in i mean it's a it's a lot <laughs> um i'll give it to you this way he says it's over yeah it's all over like a uh, i mean um, over a billion, over, over six a million, million. So over six million. Okay. Six million. I was that one stumped me because I saw it and I was just like, it can't be that. I thought it was a couple hundred thousand, but yeah. I was gonna I, say see, three. I, three. Yeah, like, like three, three million. Oh, I was like, like three. No, over oh, three languages. <laughs> I was gonna say three million, but I that that was a hard one. Huge flex, C three PO. I know three <laughs> languages. I know over three languages. <laughs> so four. Yep. <laughs> could be. Or it could be uh, over six million. <clears throat> what type of droid is R2D2 classified as? This is probably the hardest one. This is another one that I will not be able to tell you, but it'll sound familiar. <laughs> Brian, do you have a guess? For three PO? No, R2 D2. Oh, um, C-3PO is a protocol droid. That's yeah. one thing that people remember because he says it like seven times. No, I don't remember. He is an astromech droid. Yeah, no, actually wouldn't have, wouldn't have even guessed. What is Finn's Stormtrooper number? Oh, I'm going to get really close to this. I want to say it's like F, F1N something because it's Finn. That's where he gets the name Finn. Yep. Yeah. It's FN2187. Okay. It's yeah. a good thing you can bank on the MCU and Pokemon because it would have been all Star Wars questions. <laughs> we would have been shutting off this I've, on the corn by ourselves. I've been a big Star Wars dude, but it's been so long since I've actually seen the movies. And, I, you know, like, 
I tried to over the summer, like during quarantine, like it was my goal, like, Oh, I'm going to rewatch everything. And I and I watched episode one and then I lost all will to watch Star Wars movies. So it's been a while. I need to do it again. Well, you but, didn't even yeah. hit the rough one yet. No, I didn't. But Jar Jar, Jar, Jar did a, I got, through the, I got through the six that mattered and then I didn't watch the last three because I don't like the sequels. Yes, I'm, mm, that's fine. All right. That is the end of nerd betting. That is the end of introductions. I'm going to kick it over to my co-host, co-partner in crime, partner in podcasting only, Brian Stoffel. So to kick off the news this week, our first story is kind of some common sense news. If you've seen Avengers Endgame, but Chris Pratt and Vin Diesel, reported by The Hollywood Reporter, have joined Thor Love and Thunder. This is kind of common sense news if you've seen Avengers Endgame, like I said, because spoilers, the last time you see Thor in that movie, he is leaving with the Guardians on their ship. So it would make sense to see the Guardians in Thor Love and Thunder in some way, shape or form. At this point, I would just say that it's only a matter of time before we see any more of the Guardians cast announced. Yeah, for sure. I think it's super interesting because we, we see the end of Endgame where Thor is with them and everyone automatically jumps to Asgardians of the Galaxy, which I think is going to happen, but we're going to get Love and Thunder first. So I don't know if that's going to be in chronological order, but it is going to be interesting how they tell that. Is Thor even going to be Thor by the time we get to Asgardians of the Galaxy it's going to be really interesting to see what his character because he has a lot of character development after Endgame after giving up basically control of Asgard like I think I think there's a lot of interesting things going into those movies I'm very excited well especially when you have Natalie Portman as the mighty Thor showing up in that movie too and Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie who was introduced in the last Thor movie. Same director, so you know that there's going to be a lot of love and character development there, plus Korg and Meek. <laughs> so a lot of different characters in this movie, a lot of different ways that this could go. I mean, casting announcements are fine and dandy, but I'm just ready for a few more plot details so that we kind of have a sense or an idea of what this movie's going to be. I think the thing that gets us this is 2020 based commentary but the reason that casting announcements are so much more exciting now than they ever were is because we're not getting movies we're not getting actual content so when we at least get a news or a glimmer of something mcu related it seems like it's way more exciting than it is especially in this instance like you alluded to at the end of endgame we kind of knew that they were going to play a part in this they knew that the guardians of the galaxy were going to show up so this should have just been like, oh, yeah, pretty standard. Like, now we'll see Bradley Cooper, and then we'll see, you know, Zoe and Saldana. But, I mean, 2020. Good news. Any news is almost good news. So, Hopefully this COVID can get wrapped up sooner than later so that we can somewhat get back to a somewhat normal world. Because right now there is a whole lot of Marvel content in store for us next year, like three shows, four different movies. It's going to be – and that's just Marvel. That doesn't include all the other uh, properties and all the other franchises that are releasing movies next year. Another one to jump into our next news story that dropped the trailer on Tuesday of this week that I didn't even know about was a Tom and Jerry movie from Warner Brothers. This trailer, 
I was a little skeptical going into it because it's one of those um, like animated real world like hybrid type movies where most of the time they're not as good as they should be but this had some very nostalgic feels to like Space Jam and Looney Tunes back in action where it's actual 2D animation Tom and Jerry in the real world in like a type situation movie that looks like it could have been an episode but it's extended into a movie you also get Chloe Moretz, who was Hit Girl and Kick-Ass, and Michael Pena in that movie as well. This trailer was funny. It, it very much had a, a love and a feel to the classic Tom and Jerry. I grew up watching those along with Looney Tunes, so I'm very, I'm very excited to see this movie when it comes out next year. Literally watching it right now because I didn't know that there was an actual trailer for it. And this looks amazing. I was on the very tail end of Tom and Jerry, and I but I did watch it all the time. Absolutely love it. And this is already giving me, like, it already feels well done. It already feels like it's giving me that nostalgia like I am watching an episode. And the cast even looks great. I can't wait. This, this looks awesome. <laughs> An interesting crossover is about to happen for our next news story. The X-Men and the Transformers are doing a crossover together. So far, it's just in the form of a Transformers toy. So the X-Men's Blackbird jet is going to become a Transformer. This comes with like a miniature Wolverine and a Sabretooth as well. Right now, the pre-order is up on Target, and I pre-ordered it. Of course, because I'm course. super excited for it. The This Transformers crossover line, I'm not the biggest Transformers fan, but it's got me hook, line, and sinker the whole way. They released uh, the DeLorean from Back to the Future as a Transformer this year. I picked that up. The Ghostbusters Ecto-1 is also a Transformer that they're re-releasing this year. Maverick's Jet from Top Gun is a Transformer, and he comes with the volleyball. <laughs> And that's, that's just really cool. the crossovers that they've had for the toys so far. But all of these have crossed over in the comics so far. Transformers have crossed over with the likes of like Terminator and My Little Pony. So they really could cross over with anything at this point. It was just such a waste of thumb movement for you to text me and be like, oh man, should I pre-order this? I'm like, I bet while you're texting this, you're using your other hand to pre-order it on your laptop. I'm like, you know you better than this. I know you know you better than this. Just, you don't need, don't even, don't even loop me in on it. Just be like, yo, check this out. Next time we record and you're bringing it in. I'm like, oh, oh good, good. Our uh, guest last week, Elvon, is probably one of the biggest X-Men and Transformers fans. So when I shared this with him he's like yup i'm hopping on target right now i'm pre-ordering this he's like but i'm gonna keep mine in the box and i was like nope i'm gonna be a mongrel and take mine out and play with it like i'm a five-year-old again <laughs> i mean that's the way you gotta do it you can't just look at it i don't know i haven't been a transformers fan in a while but i watched you know the first few mo- i watched the movies of shadow buff and i was into it but it's ever since then it's haven't I haven't been too big into it I, I don't know. This would be fun, uh, especially if it went to if it went to something other than figures. But I haven't been a figure guy for a while either. So, like it's funny. Hindsight's twenty twenty, and because you can only see this much of the room we're sitting in, Kyle's sitting here saying that 
oh, you got to take it out of the box and play with it. And there's over 250 boxed pops in this basement. Okay, fair point. I also have about 30 of them over there that are not, or that are still in the box. Transformers are different, though. Like, pops, like, they're not going to turn into, you know, a robot. Like, you it's totally different especially like this one he comes in the box as the jet so it really just looks like you have the x-men like blackbird jet where it's like you're not gonna see what he looks like unless you take him out and transform him so they're in disguise randall (laughs) (laughs) the more they meets the eye and that is going to wrap up the news for this week all right we're done with the news for this week as brian had said we're headed into a main topic The NBA draft is tonight, so we decided that we are going to draft our ultimate team. We've been doing a lot of ultimate teams lately. I set up a tier system for Star Wars characters. We are going to go through the three of us, hopefully not have copy and paste teams. Basically, just to give you guys a quick rundown, uh, tiers one through six. Tier one is kind of like your good guy, like your Jedi. Tier two is somewhere in the Sith realm. Tier three is kind of like your like your Cavalier, like your Top Gun, like your Mavericks, uh, pilots perhaps. Fours are droids, five are bounty hunters, and then six is what we will call creatures. Brian said he wanted to do bottom-up, so I'll actually let Kyle start with his choice of creature. Before he chooses, do you want to let our audience know what the options are for the creature? Oh, sure. In the creature category, your options are Chewbacca, three Ewoks, a Tusken Raider, a Wampa, or three Jawas. I mean, this one is a little easy. I feel like this one we might have a lot of the same. I was kind of going to maybe go the three Ewok way just to try to be different. But I mean, you got to go Chewbacca on this one. I think so. I mean, maybe you guys are about to educate me hard or something, but I mean, Chewbacca's, I think he's lasted the longest throughout all of these movies. (laughs) Like I look at this list. My first choice was going to be Tusken Raider until I saw it was just one because I feel like they work better as like a pack at least three of them you get three of them together and they're gonna cost some chaos but Chewbacca a Wookiee I mean like Kyle said that is an obvious choice they're they're very smart they understand us so it's easier to work together as a team also very strong and powerful they can rip people's arms out of their bodies that is Star Wars canon since Kyle chose Chewbacca my second choice then was going to be the Wampa. I think if you had a Wampa, he's he can be your wild card if you don't have him trained. If you have a, if you somehow figure out how to train him, like that's going to be a dangerous force. He almost took out a not very trained Luke Skywalker. So the only thing that stopped that guy was a lightsaber. I put the Wampa in as like the wild card because in a perfect world you could train or communicate with him. But I wanted somebody to pick the Wampa specifically because I'm going to say, bullshit, you can't train him. He'd probably murder your entire team before you train him. <laughs> um, That's but, why you keep him chained up in a cage. And as soon as, 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 soon soon as, as you start losing the fan and things start going south for you, you just let him loose. And then whatever happens, happens. It's like at the end when uh, like Thanos was like, rain fire down on them he's like we're gonna lose that's like your that's your backup i like it <laughs> wild card you never know who knows he might take out everyone that was causing you trouble and yeah you're gonna lose some people but then again you might still win the day 
So obviously like you'll notice that when I built this list for some of them, I put um, like the first person I thought of for that category. So Chewbacca was obviously the most notable and the most like uh, fan favorite creature. I had Jar Jar Binks in there for like a minute. I'm like, oh, no, I'm like, you're wasting a spot. So you could have yeah. just had like a generic Gungan. <laughs> I know you ended up with, you ended up with a Tusken Raider rather than uh than uh, Jar Jar, but uh, I'm actually going to go with the three Jawas, and the reason is while they're not necessarily going to be a lot for my fight, but they're going to be a lot in the support side of things. So one thing I was going to put on here, but I couldn't really decide, I was going to put a ship on here too, and I'm like, man, you got the Jawas, they got all the parts, they know how to put things back together, they can help with your droids and things like that. At the end of the day, they're not super effective in the way of fighting, but I think they could be like a good support team. Absolutely. I mean, not only can they fix your stuff, but as we have seen in season one, episode two of The Mandalorian, if you're not paying attention to your stuff, like if there's a battle going on, they can sneak and just dismantle all of your stuff and then take it and bring it back over to the other side. They are more effective than any Sons of Anarchy chop shop I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> like, he turns away for five minutes and he looks back and his whole ship is just torn to shreds. Faster than a NASCAR pit crew. Right. <laughs> All right. So now we'll go up to tier five. This is the only one here where I think this would be one that would be obscure that people may not know, especially Brian. That's not us. That's that sounded like an insult. Like you don't even know. But uh, the bounty hunter tier, uh, we got Bosik, we got Boba Fett, and Jango Fett, and Din Djarin, which is the Mandalorian for those of you who don't recognize the name, and then Aura Singh. Just to kind of clue you in on that one, if you guys didn't know or you didn't Google it, uh, Aura Singh is, or Aurora, whatever you want to call her, she is a bounty hunter from the Clone Wars animated series, and she's actually the one who trains Boba in the series. So, again, with it not only being George Lucas saying that the show is canon, but now also, if you're up to date on The Mandalorian, you need clone wars and rebels just so you know before we get into it we don't do any spoilers for the mandalorian on this show we're gonna wait all the way to the end and then we're gonna kick it back so just so you know but uh now you need it i when that part happened in this last episode i was like yeah everybody who was those shows are dumb they're for kids they're not canon in your face eat it you too yeah i was one of them (laughs) that that feels like they're at least the little bit of knowledge that I have about Clone Wars, the things that I do know kind of contradict things that happen in the movies, so I wasn't really kosher with that. But now, watching this latest episode of Mandalorian, I, I texted Chad right away when I finished it, and I was like, well, I guess I'm going to start watching the Clone Wars movie because <laughs> now I need to catch up. I mean, it's not to the point where you really need to know who these people are or these things are or these events are i'm going to try to keep it very vague for spoilerish but it's it almost increases the value of what you're seeing if you know more about it well that's anything like that you've seen before any callback like any tv show movie podcast anything that you watch or consume that does a callback i don't know about you guys i love callbacks easter eggs callbacks things from past movies i love it but good TV shows and good movies, which I would say The Mandalorian is definitely one of top tier right now, good ones are easy to watch if you haven't seen other things. If you don't get the references, they're still great. They're still fun to watch. 
but you're rewarded if you know the other history and the other lore that they're referencing. And that is currently what the Mandalorian is doing. I mean, we're only three episodes in. That could all change very quickly. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that I will say, and then we can get back in on topic, is I recognize Aurora Singh from Phantom Menace. She watched Annie win the pod race. <laughs> that's yeah. that's the only time i've ever seen her you know what when that you know uh, kyle went first uh, and i think would you rather have the next tier of droids or would you rather have the bounty hunter i'll take this one you'll take this one yeah okay. i'll I'll go first on this one and i will actually it's a trap i wanted <laughs> i wanted the droids that's that's fine <laughs> i i have a couple backups for the droids so i'm okay with going last in the droids actually <laughs> So uh, my bounty hunter, I will pick as uh, the Mandalorian, Din Djarin. He is very skilled. He is very lucky throughout what we've seen from him so far. Very easy to work with. He's always a team player for the most part, as long as he's getting something out of it as well, which, I mean... If we're going based off of how the show is, yeah, there is something that I have that he needs, so he's going to help me out. Plus, you also get the addition of, I mean, he's not on the list, but you also get the addition of Baby Yoda, because at this point, he is tasked to be the guardian mm-hmm. until he can find, you know. Part of me wants to give you the technicality, and part of <laughs> me wants me to say that he was at the babysitters. I mean, chances are that's probably what it, what's going to happen. He's going to... Whoever he's helping in the last episode, he's going to bring Baby Yoda over to him and be like, watch him. I need to go do stuff. And then he's going to come help me. Although I will (laughs) say, if I was going to draft him, I was going to make the same argument. So I'll give it to you if you want him. (laughs) That could be a good thing or a bad thing. Because that's also a liability now. I'm not going to have Mando's full attention because he's also going to be focused and worried about child. Again, referenced in the last episode. Good scene in there. And then, yeah, good balance. So, yeah, that's my pick for Bounty Hunter. Is it you or me? Did you have one you were really passionate about? You can go ahead if you want. I kind of, but I I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm going to go Boba Fett. I, there's not too many reasons. I mean, trained by Singh, and we, all, and we all know, like, most people who are trained by someone end up surpassing them in this kind of, in these movies. Um, I, I think Boba's one of the best. and. Yeah, I not too much I can say on that. I feel like, and this is just me watching mostly just the movies, but I feel like if Chad would have went before you and picked Boba Fett, you would have gotten around the same from Django. Like, they're basically the same person. Right, and that's what I yeah. if, uh, Boba hasn't, you know, met his demise yet. Uh, Django was only taken out by Mace Windu, one of, like, the strongest Jedis of all time. So... You know, and again, like you said, if that's if that's my my threshold by taking Django is base window, <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, that's fair. So yes, that is my pick then. If you take yeah. Boba, I'll take uh, Django Fett, and that's the bounty hunters. I see we're not nearly as passionate about bounty hunters as we were the creatures. I am, but I my my knowledge on them is just not. That's why I'm really enjoying the Mandalorian because you know the, because that's... I'm learning more about it. Yeah, that's very much the same as me. I, there's there's more variety in the last list for me. I mean, because when you look at this, I'd pretty much see like three of a similar character and then two that I know little to nothing about. 
that is true. So on to tier four, the droids. I'm not even going to teeter around here. I'm going straight for it. I'm going IG-11 all day. I love R2. I love C-3PO. K-2SO is probably one of the funniest characters from the movies that came out recently. I know it's not technically one of the sequels because it's from Rogue One, but he was hilarious. and He was also a battle droid. But IG-11, what we saw from him in the first season of The Mandalorian, especially after he had his protocols tweaked to be like a, a nurse droid, but was also that last episode, like it was last or second to last, second to last episode, right? No, it was the last, last episode. episode when he comes blunt. We can spoil this, right? We we didn't. Uh, okay, I was gonna say it's over season one. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, when he's come flying in, not only, and this is like where I think the Mandalorian is has a more of a flaw to IG Eleven in the protection factor because it didn't look like he had a single hesitation. He knew where Baby Yoda was at all time. He's rotating, firing from all directions, firing the blaster on the speeder bike, and simultaneously still protecting Baby Yoda. And of course, Baby Yoda's like. Wah! Like he's super stoked <laughs> to see bloodshed and murder. So I got to go IG-11. He's, I think, to me, one of the most impressive droids we've ever seen in uh, Star Wars. And again, part of that comes with the technology uh, increase and the upgrades to like where the world was back 40, 50 years ago compared to now, what we can produce in droids. So plus he's voiced by uh, Takiya Watiti, who voices Korg. Mm. True. You want to go, Brian? Sure. IG-11 was a good pick. He was not my first pick, however. My first pick actually was K2SO from Rogue One. I love this droid. Before IG-11 came into the picture, hands down, he was my favorite droid. Now, that water's a little murky. I, I haven't really fully made the decision yet, but like Chad said, he is probably one of the funniest Star Wars characters ever. Definitely the sassiest. I would pick him mostly for support, like, he's kind of like R2, where he can get me into anywhere. He can do basic droid stuff. He can fly a plane. He can, you know, pick up people off the battlefield, whatever he needs to do. But also, he loves to shoot guns. And he's <laughs> pretty damn good at it, too. So if he needed to defend himself, I would definitely give him a gun to do that. So mostly support, but also can defend himself, too. Let me. I want to hop in here one thing, quick thing. I'm totally on board with the caveat that the Mandalorian has Baby Yoda with him. Now thinking, based off of IG-11 having to protect the child, he's sprinting full, like full speed across the battlefield to to take out Mando and get the baby back. Like, <laughs> so it's gonna work against you to have Baby Yoda. Uh, all Mando needs to do is just like up trip IG-11 in some way shape or form where he's like oh I need to self-destruct because I have no way of winning so I'm not too worried <laughs> the reason I wanted to go well I, I knew I could go third in this round is because I'm left with my favorite droid uh, and it's probably not the two that you guys think it is it's BB-8 for me genuinely fell in love with this dude in the last three movies and in battlefront he's honestly one of my top three heroes in battlefront you get the little ankle biter you just get the guy running around you don't see him while you're you're shooting at people and all of a sudden you get zapped and you can't feel your legs like this dude also, he's also conveniently shaped like a soccer ball so if he gets in my way i just <laughs> like punt him the wampa just <laughs> punts him across like 300 yards <laughs> 
but yeah, I mean, like you said, he can do everything that R2 and, and K, K2SO can do. Like he can fly ships, open doors, all that kind of stuff. But like I said, he's sneaking around. He can, he can throw his little smoke screen he can, and he can see through it. He can scan and, and see stuff too. And you're getting zapped. You're not feeling your legs after that. Try kicking him with a numb leg. And then when you uh, do something good, he can also give you a fiery thumbs up. That's what I was oh, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, like the few things again, I don't just hate the movies, but I, I don't like them as much as the other ones. If there's one thing I look forward to when I'm watching the sequels, it's that thumbs up. Like, and I don't have to wait very long for it. So, excellent. My again, why he's one of my favorite heroes because I already have the the emote of him giving the thumbs up. It's great. Uh, just as a reminder, let's go back. Kyle, you had Chewie, and then you had Boba, and BB-8. Brian had the Wampa, the Mandalorian, and K-2SO, and I rounded it out with three Jawas, Jango Fett, and IG-11. Not a lot of talking parts as a whole on my team. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, technically, I have six actual speaking lines throughout my three characters and they're all from one character I forget you're right <laughs> <laughs> all right fair enough okay, <laughs> on to tier three uh, you can call them renegades you can call them pilots you can call them uh, criminals in tier three we have finn han solo lando poe dameron and Jin urso and kyle we are back to you for your okay. i suppose this isn't necessarily the one I wanted to go first on, but I can, I can, which does kind of make it different, difficult because I am a pretty big Lando guy. As you can see, I have my Orlando Calrissian Brewers Star Wars collab bobblehead here, but I, I got to go with Han Solo. <laughs> I got Han Solo is like genuinely when I saw this list, like I, I get why you organize them and how you organize them, but I genuinely think Han Solo belongs in tier one like still with that but like he he's just one of the best again he lasted longer than well oh, okay i guess not longer than lando but still like was able to hang with these jedi was able to hang with the sith lord like he's able to do so much and he's just so badass i love him best pilot in the galaxy exactly so you got that on your side the fact that like simply a uh, standard human being's shoulder charge is used as a, like a hero special attack in battlefront is so funny to me because it just so references back to when, when this is when they're on the death star and he's just like, ah! and charges down the <laughs> hall just to bum rush the guys it's, the guy is fearless it's it's uh, it's a great pick is why he's i old. mean even when he's even in the sequels when he's old he's still bum rushing people he's still fearless he's awesome absolutely all right brian you're picking tier three. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with. I'm gonna have to go with Lando. I think then, if I'm gonna be honest, it was between him and Poe Damro. I was like, oh, you picked the uh, best pilot in the galaxy. I will pick like the quote unquote in the new sequels, like second best pilot in the galaxy. But I think I'm gonna go with Lando. I mean, he's proven in movies that he is an adequate pilot and also. Um, a good leader when he needs to be and i think that's what my team is kind of lacking right now is a leader so i think i think he would fit that role pretty well and then he could also pilot us where we need to go in our ship well this one went pretty much exactly the way i thought it was going to go 
So I'm not super happy being on the, the back end, but I will say the one thing that I knew for sure wasn't going to happen is nobody was picking Finn. I don't know about you, but Brian is aware of my hatred for Finn. I cannot stand him as a character. I cannot stand his story arc. I can't stand the fact that he is the reason that Rose is a character in the sequels, <laughs> who is my number one most hated like Star Wars character of all time. Like that was some that was some real fan like uh, some fan love the fact that they completely wrote her out of the final movie like oh, guys I don't need to adventure I'll stay here and look at the maps I have to stay back and study <laughs> I mean he is the definition of an unplanned trilogy because the way that he was marketed in Episode Seven and the things that they set that character up for didn't really do anything with him. I understand why John Boyega is so mad at Disney and Star Wars and is so done with the franchise because I feel like I'd be the same way. You're promising me like probably going to be a Jedi, probably going to be like the next like Han Solo type character and then completely take that away from me and leave me with nothing to do other than the stuff that everyone wants to fast forward through in those movies the fact that it took less than two hours for the guy to wield a lightsaber i'm like he has to be important he has to matter and well that... and it's it's such an interesting story too like i i never would have thought that they were gonna take you know because stormtroopers are just so like they're usually but... the clone of jango yeah <laughs> yeah they're just they're just there they're just there they they don't hit anything which is referenced uh and and like they just can't they're just useless they're just there and then all of a sudden boom this guy's like super important and i thought it was super interesting and then like you said it just rose what a flop <laughs> these last two are interesting i genuinely in the next one i could take four out of five i could take five out of five and i'd be okay and i have a certain order in the first tier but honestly i'm okay with any, with any of the next 10 <laughs> Yeah, I definitely have my number one picks, but I think there's enough choices there. In where... this tier, in in tier two, I have a I have a logical first pick, but then there's a there's a first pick in my heart. Oh, I'm <laughs> like, going my heart fully. I think I am too, but it, I'm gonna have to wait on you two. Oh, I think I'm up next too for. I think you're go. Pick. I think you're first on this one. Yeah, so uh, definitely definitely going with my heart on this one <laughs> i think your heart's gonna be different than mine so i, I i'm okay with this <laughs> all right and with my pick in tier number three of the renegades as much as i wanted to go Jin urso because she just is like the definition of a badass similar to like what brian said you kind of need that leader and i think while he can be a renegade i think he proved in the sequels that in the end he could be a leader with poe dameron he is one of the best X-Wing pilots, one of the best like Rebel Alliance pilots that we've seen, obviously behind Lando and obviously behind Han Solo, uh, but an excellent character, somebody who I didn't totally hate his story arc, um, and somebody who's ready. He's always in. He's He is fully committed at all times, sometimes to his own fault, but in the end, it usually helps win the battle. I can agree. He was definitely one of my favorites in the newer movies. I actually was kind of disappointed that they didn't do more with his character, though. 
but then that kind of leads to like my whole feelings about that trilogy in general is that like everything that I was hoping for or at least somewhat excited for like didn't really do anything just so (laughs) many what ifs like that's the thing I think with the sequels there's so many what ifs what if they would have done this what if they wouldn't have done this what if they would have explored this more etc etc I think they could easily do an HBO Max move and redo episode 9 and let Colin Trevorrow do his movie. Like, his script is out there, and people love what they see. It's a kind of a dark ending, but I'd be super excited for it. I haven't heard this, but I'd be super interested into it. As much as I actually liked Nine, but I'd be I'd be up for it. Ray is dressed very similar to Luke in Return of the Jedi with a dual-wielding uh, blue lightsaber. Whoa! <laughs> Super cool. <laughs> we can hash out the sequels as much as we want, uh, but uh, or or whatever we may just like about the other movies. But let's head into tier two with Brian's pick. These are our villains. You've got a lot of the classics, some of the newer ones. You got Vader, Maul, Kylo Ren, General Grievous, and Moth Gideon, all saber wielding baddies in the Star Wars universe. I'm going with my heart on this one. This is one of my favorite Star Wars characters of all time. It's probably not what you think would be my first pick, but my Star Wars journey started with Phantom Menace, so I have to go with Darth Maul. I think he is one of the coolest, most badass characters in like any kind of fiction. Very skilled, very talented. I've read a few of like his, well, I guess now it's non-canon, like comics and books and stuff like that. Very, very effective tool to utilize on your team. (sighs) This leaves me with a tough decision because there's one that I think is logically the best pick here. There's one that I want with my heart. And I don't want Chad (laughs) to have the best one with the third pick necessarily. But at the same time, I really, 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 really love Kylo Ren. (laughs) So I'm going to take him. I have to. I just love, he becomes the hero. And much like the other guy that I was going to pick, he becomes the hero at the end. Like, it it just warms my heart because I absolutely love the dude. And I absolutely, like, you can kind of tell that there's, that that they're kind of teasing it. But then at the end, the whole end scene with him is super cool with the, I love it all. I just, I, I loved everything about him that they, they kind of made him the new Darth, but they made him so differently. And they made like, they gave him more character because they gave him like that, that temper tantrum and that like the reason why he's doing things and the reason why he's trying too hard. And I, I actually really, really enjoyed his character. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know that Darth Vader is the better pick. Okay, just take him. It has nothing to do with that. It, it, oh it doesn't. God. All I'll say is this is why the Star Wars, the newer sequels, have been very divisive amongst common fans, hardcore fans, any kinds of fans. Because I think Chad and I can both agree that we did not like where they went with Kylo Ren. I know for me, I was kind of disappointed that like. He Dude, did. he killed his dad. He killed Han Solo. Like, I don't care what your story arc looks like. You killed Han Solo. Not only your dad, one of the most beloved characters of all time. That They didn't have to do that. And that's not necessarily his fault, but the writing also did that for him. And on top of that, what in God's name was that kiss? 
in yeah, the, that yeah, we need to cut that. There, was, yeah. <laughs> there was no love interest story arc between those two characters. It was just at the end, it's like, oh my gosh, that was a lot of turmoil. I need some comfort here. Give me a smooch, and then I'll die. Well, okay. Again, I'm gonna defend this, and I'm gonna play devil's advocate because I don't, I don't like the kiss, but. They, they had the connection, like, throughout all three movies. They had that weird connection, and, and it, they did feel like e- either one of them was pushing back at each time, but they were both very passionate, whether it was love or hate. Like, they were, there was a lot of connection between the movies. So I think when, you know, when someone saves your life and you've had that connection for all this time, there is a little bit of something. I can agree there was connection, but I never felt like it was a romantic no, connection it was definitely i definitely felt like it was more or less like kylo ren was like i want to turn you to the dark side and ray was like i want to turn you to the light side what? like that was the connection i felt like there was more of a love story between ray and finn yeah than yes was- yes back to that because that's again another like storyline that finn got wrote written out of for no yeah. reason it's just like oh my god he's chasing her around the galaxy he wants to make sure she's safe and then at the end she's like I wanted him to be bad until like the very end and like his last few moments him realizing like oh I messed up and I should have done what everyone's been telling me to do this entire trilogy and then get wasted that's what I was hoping for with that character and it just I'm not saying it's perfect and I know (laughs) we we talked right before you guys started this podcast we did my podcast first strong KO and we talked about these three movies like in depth. So if anyone wants to go back and listen to that somewhere in June or something, I don't know. But anyway, I know that they're not per- I Something about Kylo Ren. I just, I love the guy. He was, I, I will say he was set up to be pretty badass before seven came out. And then even in seven, I was like, this dude's like a whiny little bitch. I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> um, I'm just glad to see everybody went with a Sith. Because, like, if you go into this and go with a non-force-wielding, like, character from this list, you're just doing yourself a huge disservice. Because, like, mm-hmm. you know, depending on who it is, like, Grievous is a really cool character. And you see um, Moff Gideon wield the Black Saber uh, from the Rebels and Clone Wars series uh, in the end of uh, Season 1 of The Mandalorian. But, like, I gotta go Vader. You know, like, yeah. Darth Vader, he's the original OG badass. Like, he is the original bad guy. Like, when you think of, like, movie villains of all time, is he not in the discussion for number one, or at least top three? Like, he is the guy who ruled over the galaxy. You know, the Pal- Palpatine was around and, and stuff like that, which is fine. But, like, truly, like, Vader was the guy. Vader was the guy who walked in in the room, and if you like disagreed with him, he, the dude almost he choked and like murdered a guy in a staff meeting because somebody had a disagreement with him. Like that's a villain. And like Brian said, similar to what could have happened with Kylo, literally to his last breath, and then was like, "Damn, I could have I could have been there. Like I could have been there for you, you know, and and stuff." So it's a uh, it's it's crazy, you know. Maybe maybe I don't want end of the line really old. Like maybe I can like just get right after Anakin turns, and he's still pretty young in the suit. Get uh, end of Rogue One Vader, where he just wastes oh, all those yeah. rebels. Yes, shows up. Yeah, beginning of a new hope. Excellent. Um, so. I will say, I think I think this would have been a lot harder if we would have had five people. 
picking from this list because then you do Ooh, have two people yeah, that are like stuck with. I it. gotta I gotta pick either Grievous or Moff Gideon. And as cool as Moff Gideon is, I just I don't think we've seen enough of him yet to really right, know. Grievous. And Grievous, I mean, he's cool with his four lightsabers and all that, but he was kind of a joke in episode three, like how easy he was to be. <laughs> so uncivilized. Well, not only, not only that, like, I get that it was like, oh, let's make this interesting by having, like, a droid-looking thing that has a cold. But at the same time, it's like, nope. If you just gave him, like, so many weaknesses right off the bat. So what you're saying right now is, I think, another reason you'll really enjoy Clone Wars. Because Grievous is, like, the main protagonist, and he is around the entire series. You mean and antagonist? Yes, sorry, antagonist. <laughs> I no, it's all about him. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he's, like, the main antagonist almost the entire Clone Wars series, and he is a really, really, really cool character. Uh, which is why he, like, gets up on this list for me into Tier 2. Because, like like you said, if you just take movie Grievous, he probably belongs down with maybe even, like, the droids or the bounty hunters. <laughs> but, and that's kind of mean. But, yeah, no, like, Clone Wars animated series, Grievous is so cool. Like, he, he's just much cooler. And apparently we're boring Kyle. Uh, <laughs> give, us, give us your team, Brian, bottom to top, before we get into the last tier. It's funny. It was starting to look like all of mine were going to line up in a row until I got higher picks. But I started off with, in Tier 6, I have a Wampa. Tier 5, I took Din Djarin, the Mandalorian. Tier 4, I have K2SO. Tier 3, I took Lando Calrissian. And Tier 2, I took Darth Maul. All right, Kyle, what about your team so far? I went Chewbacca, Boba Fett, BB-8. Han Solo, Kylo Ren. I think our guest has been able to pick a lot of a lot of good characters. He's got a strong, popular team. Yeah. Uh, if, if we were to put this on like a Twitter vote or something, I think I would get like that casual audience for sure. I got uh, three Jawas, uh, Jango Fett, IG-11, Poe Dameron, and Darth Vader. So I didn't think I had the leader before I got him now. It's funny because if I'm not mistaken, Kyle, would you say the sequels are your favorites or do that you just like them a lot? I like them a lot. I wouldn't, it's weird because I, I love them because I got to live through them. I didn't get to live through and watch the original three or the, even the prequels in the theaters or anything. I just watched them at home. I think if I would have watched the original three in the theaters, then I would, there would be no question. I would probably be like the biggest Star Wars nerd ever. But like, because I, watch these the uh these the sequels like and i experienced them um they, they've become kind of my favorite but i know that they're not the best <laughs> no i feel exactly what you're talking about because i take heat all the time because i love the prequels the prequels are my favorite similar yeah. to elvon last week because i love jedi there are so many jedi and there's so much more stuff and that's why i love the prequels and exactly like you said the first Star Wars movie I ever saw in theaters was Attack of the Clones. That movie was like, and it was actually the, one of the first ever Star Wars movies I'd even ever seen because I'd only seen part of one of the trilogies on like a VHS, on a crappy TV. So I'm like, this is not really good. And it wasn't even until we were roommates where I really got into Star Wars because other than the prequels, I really hadn't watched the other movies. I hadn't gotten into it. Then we went to Comic-Con and I came back and I was like, you have all these, right? I watched every Star Wars, everything within like three weeks. And then I went and got inked like a month later. I have a Star Wars Rebellion tattoo on my leg. 
we'll throw that up on the Instagram page so you guys can see it. But yeah, no, and that I was gonna say like that's what these teams are named. It's like the original trilogy, the prequels, and the sequels. Like that's what our teams could be because we like <laughs> more often than not show the love for those shows or the those trilogies more often than the other ones. All right, let's head into tier one. All right, first pick, final pick. Again, this is similar to like tier two. I don't think you can really go wrong because in tier two, yeah, as much as I love to get Invader, Maul would have been sweet. Kylo Ren isn't a bad pick either. Like they're Sith Lords for a reason. And the same thing with this top tier. I tell you, there's only one person who I'd be disappointed getting and it's, I'm not going to get into it. But because I had the first pick, the only thing that really bugs me about the first pick is that I have to decide between two that I didn't think I was going to have to pick between. So... He is one of my favorite characters in the Star Wars universe. He is not my favorite. My favorite actually comes from the Clone Wars animated series. It broke my heart to leave her off the list. Ahsoka Tano is actually my favorite Star Wars character. Lover, awesome in the books, in the movies, in the TV show. But I wanted to go so hard to go Obi-Wan because he is just such a lovable character. When And Ewan McGregor is great and everything for goodness sakes he's obi-wan and then he was christopher robin like the guy is in everything and then even as a bad guy in uh birds of prey the harley quinn movie i loved him in that too like i can't yeah. the guy but i didn't pick obi-wan kenobi and the reason is is because i can never ever ever go against the ultimate jedi the ultimate master more years in the trade than anyone Yoda. Being a guy who loves the prequels so much, you see the true power of Yoda in the prequels. We're not talking about, Luke, you're asking too many questions. Peace out, I'm dead. Yoda. You're seeing like the, like right after the Battle of Genosis when he's facing off against Count Dooku. Like he even up to that point, you're like, oh man, that Yoda is like really rickety. And then the cloak comes off and he like triple front flips into the battle and that's when you finally see like the true power that yoda really has i couldn't i couldn't pick against him he's one of like only three confirmed of his own species like now with the mandalorian there's only him baby yoda or the child and then yaddle which isn't it's it's a long story to get to there but i just couldn't vote against him because he is like the master jedi he's the head of the jedi council He's the guy who's trained so many Jedis over time. I could, it's kind of like that argument that you guys got down in the bounty hunter argument where it's like, well, if you train so-and-so, then so-and-so <laughs> trains that person. You end up like learning everything you can and being better than the original. So I had to go Yoda. It makes sense, but uh, your top tier one and tier two are not going to get along very well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any of ours are. <laughs> to be honest that's true that's the whole point of this list they have yeah. to get along you yeah. know it doesn't matter who we pick one and two we're not gonna ha! that's not kylo <laughs> i win <laughs> kylo's gonna get along with us we'll be fine i guess i'll have to draft someone in that in that case but <laughs> or they'll just be necking on in the fucking corner or something the vetting means nothing if that's who you pick i'm kicking you off the package <laughs> right, go ahead brad uh, actually it's kyle's pick oh it is kyle's pick go ahead kyle i thought i was last on this one nope i picked or I picked them all first last time, so you're up. Yeah, but I went second last time. I picked Kylo second. Remember, I, I picked BB-8 last in the in the droid round. Okay, so you don't want to be able to pick the top tier before. I mean, I or, 
Sure. I, I was going to, I was going to take Obi-Wan. So you were, yeah, I'll take Obi-Wan then. If you're giving me the pick, I, when you were giving that spiel, I was very upset because I wanted Obi-Wan. I saw your face drop so hard. I'm like, this is going to be such a good twist. I was so happy because like, to me, it feels like Luke should be the number, like the, the top pick here. But, uh, but like you made a great case for Yoda and like, I, 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 I can't argue with it at all. Like it, again, like you said, it's hard to go wrong with any of these five. And I know you guys disagree about one of them, but Obi-Wan is just, he's just my guy. Like he's just so awesome, especially rewatching the first one. Like just, yeah, it's hard for me to even go into it. I I love the guy so much. That was going to be my pick. (laughs) Yeah. He, again, he's one of my favorite star Wars characters. He was the one who got me into star Wars in the first place with episode one. Because I wasn't in Star Wars at all until that movie. I remember people tried to show me A New Hope. Me being in first first grade, yeah. Yep. Uh, me being in first grade thought that it was boring and didn't want anything to do with it. And then I had a friend who was obsessed with Obi-Wan and Star Wars. And I was like, "What? what's your deal? And he showed me the dual fates. And then I was like hooked from there. I was like, yep, nope, this it's- is... Uh, it's a lot better than those older ones. And then <laughs> Brian, Brian sees the Phantom Menace and immediately falls in love with the only guy with a rat tail. He's like, yeah. It's the, it's, the, it's the Duel of Fates, and it's actually Obi-Wan in the Clone Wars for me, too. Like, I just, yeah, awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, disappointed that I lost that. But, again, there's still two really good picks and one that I guess I would settle with if that was the last one. Now I'm kind of in the same boat as Chad was when he started his pick is picking between the two. I think, I think I got to go with the unobvious choice of Mace Windu here. It's Samuel Jackson. What more can I say? He's like one badass motherfucker. He wants a purple lightsaber. He tells George Lucas, I want a purple lightsaber. Boom. He gets a purple lightsaber. The only reason why he was defeated in episode three was because he got betrayed and we don't even know if he died i mean if you look at it it looks like he probably bit the dust but there's a chance that he's such a badass that he survived and i would love to see a disney plus show of mace windu picking up the pieces after order 66 still trying to hide out and trying to find vader and take him out i like it i I thought of it as like the less, the more obvious pick would have been Mace Windu for me. But again, it's because I always like, I always look at Luke Skywalker as the original trilogy Luke Skywalker, and I forget sequel Luke Skywalker is the same person, and you have to put it together because early on, you know, yeah, he took down Vader, but like his, he wasn't as powerful as he, like he, a lot of these other guys were. But then when you finally see him coming to fruition, like in the final movies, that was another thing that I did like about the sequels. It's like, holy cow, like this guy really grew into what is truly a Jedi master, like, especially being one of the last ones, you know. We, we talked about this um, in one of our guest appearances on Kyle's podcast, Third Round KO, when we did the Star Wars talk. Uh, Last Jedi, I think, is I'm one of the few that really enjoyed that movie because it was so different. But I am also one of the few that really enjoyed Luke Skywalker in that movie and the direction that they took with him. And especially that ending of like 
just showing how truly badass he was. If it would have been old Luke on this picture instead of young Luke, maybe that would have swung me. But I, yeah, I had to go. I had to go with the badass Mace Windu. And that's interesting to me because you know, like, I I'm not big on the sequels. So like Mace Windu to me doesn't. He seems like the odd one out on this tier. To me. That's weird because Mace Windu isn't in the sequels. He's in the prequels. Prequels is what I mean. (laughs) You suck at all. Because I spoke wrong. Whatever. Um, No, listen carefully. You can catch chat on that more times than not. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I'm going to start. I'm going to start listening. I'm just going to tweet at you every time I hear something. Yeah. Skywalker, it's crazy that he wasn't drafted. (laughs) Honestly, like it feels weird. Well, and again, like, I didn't want to leave any flops on this list. And, you know, even if you do five people, like, let's just look at this, too. You go Luke Skywalker, Grievous, Jin Erso. You take R2-D2, Bossic, and three Ewoks. That's, That's honestly not a bad draft. <laughs> like, you, you run it back through. And the same thing, too. Ray, Moff Gideon, Finn, uh, C-3PO, who are saying and then we left it with a tuscan raider that would probably be the weakest of them just because yeah you get some of the lessers i think you have a huge gap with c-3po as the protocol droid but i had to put him in there we couldn't leave him out i love um, c-3po <laughs> even though we did a draft style like this i still ended up with a lot of my picks that i really wanted because ig11 was on there yoda i wanted vader i absolutely had to have genuinely so- this is what i would have picked either way draft style like this is what i would have picked oh yeah let's do that let's go through what our top picks would have been compared to what we got so my tier one was yoda and my tier two is vader uh tier three i would have gone with han solo of course uh tier four i got ig11 there um of course i wanted dinjar and i wanted the mandalorian and then i actually got what i wanted with the three jawas so the only thing that i really missed out on was Django fett for the mandalorian that was really the one spot that I didn't get what I want, and then Han Solo, Poe Dameron. So, again, kind of some of these were splitting hairs a little bit, but I was pretty close. I was I was very close with mine, actually. Of course, Chewbacca would have been my first pick, but Wampa was my second pick. Din Djarin, the Mandalorian, he was my first pick. K2SO was my first pick. Of course, Han Solo would have been my first pick, but I got second pick with Lando. Maul was my first pick, and then Obi-Wan would have been my first pick. So, really, Obi-Wan was probably the biggest loss, I think, for me mm-hmm. in this whole draft. I wanted Obi-Wan. I wanted Kylo. Of course, Han Solo. I BB, or Kylo and BB-8 were more of, like, I wanted them because they, like, those are heart picks for sure. But I think they're, I think they're up there. Boba Fett, and, yeah, I legit got my team that I wanted <laughs> with Chewbacca at the last one there. All right. Excellent. I like this. We had a couple ideas kicking around. We're getting really big on forming ultimate teams. It's it's really a fun thing to do, especially with guests, to get so much more dynamics. We did the Battle of the Bands. If you guys haven't checked that out, our buddy Jordan was on when we picked all-time Alive or Dead, our ultimate band uh, being who we are and ended up being rock bands. Then uh, last week with Elvon, we did the ultimate 
movie lineup, re-listening to it, I think I did myself a disservice by not spending more time coming up with a more serious lineup like you guys did, where I went with comedy, but I still like my picks. And now with Kyle, with the Star Wars lineup, I love stuff like this. I love creating teams. I mean, for goodness sake, I went and made this list last night. Like, I, I put this whole thing together quickly because it's just stuff that I love to do. Did I need to put the pictures on? No. Did I need, you know, whatever. I just needed lists, but we still did it because it's It'll be a useful tool to put up on the social media, though, for all of you to kind of use as a guide while you're listening to the main topic here. And we would like to know what your top picks would have been, what your ultimate team would have been out of this lineup. Please reach out to us on any of our social media or email at mitwesternerds.com. Reach out and let us know what you think, and you might just get something cool if you do. Send you something cool. We'll give you a shout out on the show. All things that are cool. All right. Fortunately, we got to take a little break in the action because we got to take a pause from all this nerdy stuff because it's time for the Chadillac check Oh, we have some news. We have some news in sports. We've been talking a lot of football lately. We have a little basketball news. The draft is on tonight. LaMelo Ball did not go number one regardless of what LeVar and LaMelo thought was going to happen in this draft where Kyle is fist pumping and the screen in front of me, he was excited to hear that. Before we get into basketball, though, we are going to talk football. The remaining undefeated team in the NFL is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Before I throw all in on this, Kyle, what is your opinion on this Steelers team being the only undefeated team? It makes complete sense. I mean, this team, this defense almost brought Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges to the playoffs last year. Now you have Big Ben coming back with the addition of Chase Claypool and the emergence of Deontay Johnson and James Conner staying healthy. If you told me all of those things were going to happen, I would have said the Steelers are undefeated this late in the season because they look just amazing. TJ Watt looks great. Minka Fitzpatrick still looks like the best player. And Juju Smith-Schuster is actually looking like a wide receiver again because he doesn't have to be the number one. When he plays the number two, when he doesn't have to go against the top cornerback, he actually looks like a competent wide receiver. Week after week, I continued to say strength of schedule is a big thing that I don't, I'm not a huge believer in this team. The thing I want to kind of walk back on that is because while their strength of schedule hasn't been huge, they haven't played the best. They shut the door on the teams that should have the door shut on them. They're not looking like, oh, man, this is close, like the Seahawks, or oh, man, like look at the Packers last week, and we'll get into this. But they almost lost a game to the one in seven Jags. Like mm -hmm. that is not a good team. Regardless of who the Pittsburgh Steelers have been playing, they don't even give teams the chance to put their foot in the door. I mean, the Browns. Dallas like there's games where it's Baltimore like, Baltimore yeah exactly where it's just like this team is not going to be in this game with us we're going to shut the door on them and that's that so that is one of the arguments that people say is oh their strength of schedule isn't that good oh they're not playing really that good at teams we'll see what happens in the playoffs but they're beating down the teams who need to be beat down and they're playing well against the teams that need to be played well against so it's a team that originally I said I was the guy on the strength of schedule bandwagon but now I'm more to your point like I don't really see a soft spot in this team. If there's anybody that's the softest spot of this team is James Conner. And even in fantasy, yeah. he's like a top 10 running back in fantasy football. So you exactly. really get away from the guy. The team looks good in Big Ben as long as he can stay healthy and, and keep a haircut and his face shaved. I think they'll be fine. Speaking of fantasy football, real quick, I just want to mention in our dynasty, Chad, that I'm in with you, that you invited me to, that I was ninth out of 10th last season. <clears throat> you were 10th. 
I am currently number three and the second seed in the playoffs. I just want to mention that turnaround. I just want to mention what a job I have done as general manager of this team. Let's talk about the turnaround for me. I was in 10th place and now I'm in ninth. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. It's I bad. made some really poor trades and I, I basically, like, I basically mortgaged the next four years of the dynasty league in the first year, I'm like talented old player, talented old player, talented old player. Like there were still guys on my team this year that I had to cut like T Y Hilton and AJ green. Like, dude, what are you doing? Like, so yes, uh, we, yeah, I'll give you credit. <laughs> credit is due. Uh, I, to this day, will still say uh, that my fantasy football team names though are still triumphant. If there was a, an award for best fantasy hey, team. That's fair. I, I'm like Andre from uh, the league. Like I change my name constantly, but it's only based on trades. So like, <clears throat> when I traded for Aaron Jones in another league, it went to Jones and for a win. And then when That's I traded good. Jones away and I brought in Dalvin Cook and Kenny Galladay, it was happy Galladay's. Like Russell, the love muscle is a standard for me. Been there, raped that when Roethlisberger is my starter. Like uh, nothing but a Jimmy G thing, Fresh Prince of Hilaire. Like there are so many names out there that you can use. You just have to be creative. I love fantasy football team names. It's probably one of my favorite reasons to even play. Yeah, genuinely. Like I'm in a wrestling league, not a wrestling league, but like it's my wrestling friend group. So like we, we try to keep our team names wrestling themed. So at one week, one week I picked up Gardner Minshew. So I did do Minshew mania as my team. Like it's just fun to change it up. And it's a lot of, I am hot lockets in that league now. Cause I did trade for Tyler Lockett. Nice. So we'll talk Hawks quick. Hawks lose a second in a row, 23-16 to the Rams. They didn't look good anywhere. The defense didn't look good. It continues to not look good. This is now the second of their three losses that are in division. The other one was a beatdown from the Bills. There's not even a good, like a, a bright spot to talk about in the game. The only bright spot could possibly be that maybe the reason we're so bad is because we have so many injured players, but the defense doesn't really have any injuries. The only injury you can really talk – I mean – you had Tyler Lockett in this last game. He might've got injured in this game, but you had him. The only injury you really had was Chris Carson. I mean, I don't know about your offensive line, but like I, something happened with Russ. Like he was MVP, like undoubtedly early in the season. And then when he throws four interceptions, he's already out of the conversation for me. He can have these good days and he is an amazing player. There's no question about that. I think he's top five in the league, no doubt any given week but there's just something about him that like, he's just not consistent enough and he needs to have that team around him. And unfortunately the defense is on pace to be one of the, if not the worst defense in, in NFL history. I think the thing we're seeing too, and I think this is one of the reasons that the guy doesn't get as much credit as he's due. Uh, Russell Wilson has never received a single MVP vote in any year that he's been in the league, which is, is honestly ridiculous. And he's not going to get one this year. <laughs> unless things magically turn around but I think <laughs> that, that the team is missing that they have had in years past is a consistent running game. Like even last year when they were doing running by committee, they had the most guys with the most yards on the team. They had three different guys with over 500 rushing yards. Like they had that even by committee. Then Chris Carson emerges as the guy because Rashad Penny's hurt. Then Chris Carson is week to week every single week with a foot injury. And then they bring in Carlos Hyde, who was a shot in the arm for the one game he was in. And now he's hurt. Like it just continues to be disappointment in the backfield. Yes, last week their starting center was out. So I forget if it's, a, it was actually an old center for the Packers of Fuller or, or uh, I forget what his name is. I would have to go back and look. 
But uh, again, injuries plague this team, but not nearly as bad as the defense does. And they go down. The one bright spot to look at is that even with these losses, they're in third place technically, but tied for first with the Cards and the Rams at six and three. The West continues to be the strongest division in football right now. I mean, the worst team in the league is the Niners at four and six. And that's only because of so many injuries. (laughs) Exactly. So this is a really scary division. If the defense can figure things out, if Carlos Dunlap can really be what they wanted him to be, if they can find a couple more guys who can step up, maybe they can turn things around to get into the season and be a little stronger towards the end. Another team that was a disappointing, like all of three and a half quarters and then finished it out. The Packers hold on to beat the one and seven Jags 24 to 20. A win is a win. A loss is a loss is what it comes down to. Uh, my team goes away with a loss, regardless of how bad they looked. You guys go away with the W's, regardless of how poor it looked. The only thing I'll say is that, like, Wisconsin sports teams in general, and especially the Packers, consistently play down to their opponents all the time. It's the same thing with the Bucks. They're like, man, we can hang with the Golden State Warriors of old. But then the next week, you're going to play just a beaten down Magic team, and then you're going to lose to them by 20 points. It's the same thing that the Packers like to do. They're like, oh, man, this game will be fine. It's the same thing they did against the Vikings. They're like, oh, no, we'll sit Aaron Jones for another week. We don't need him this week. And then they got demolished by a team that only had one win again. And what it comes down to is the defense. And we're a funnel defense, which I don't know why we do this, especially in our division, but we stop the pass first, and we just let teams run all over each other. And when you have someone like Delvin Cook or James Robinson, who's just been outstanding this year, undrafted free agent for Jacksonville, these teams are just going to run on us. And then as the game goes, it's like, okay, well, we should probably stop the run. And then they start throwing it. Like, we do need to figure something out on defense. I still don't know if it's personnel or if it's the scheme, but something does need to change. As far as offense goes, I'm not worried at all. I mean, like, Aaron Rodgers has, what, three interceptions this year. Devontae made a fumble that he probably will never make again. Like, we, I don't think I've seen him fumble since his rookie season. And there was also the wind. So two out of those four quarters, we had Aaron Rodgers was thrown against the wind. And Alan Lazard is now most likely going to be returning, if not this week, then next week. That's a solid number two wide receiver. Um, and MVS is even looking good. And we have a two running backs that like, I'm not too worried about this team. What I am worried about is come playoff time. Like I don't think the defense is necessarily strong enough to compete with a New Orleans Saints uh, with, with Drew Brees healthy or a Seahawks or a Cardinals team. All I can say was it was a little disappointing watching this game, just the mistakes that were made and the big plays that uh, Jacksonville was able to do. It was one of those games where yes, they walked away with a win, but at the same time, in a non-COVID world, I was supposed to be at this game, and I was actually glad that I wasn't there. Like, that I, w- that I could be at home and kind of, like, not pay attention when, like, bad stuff was happening and, like, tune things out when need be. Whereas, like, you're there, like, you're feeding off of the energy of the crowd that is pissed at all of the, the mistakes and the things that are going on. No, this was supposed to be my game too because I'm I became a Jacksonville Jaguars fan when David Garrard threw that huge hail mary. They got tipped back and then ran into the end zone there. Um, so that, I was super excited for this game, and now I have to wait another eight years to wait for Jacksonville to come back. So well, the good news is is that when you're at home, the beers don't cost nothing. So also true. Outside. Uh, <laughs> one thing I will say, and again, if some butts are candy and nuts, we all have a Merry Christmas. But a lot of the rumors that swirled around too, like with the draft or the trade deadline, I really thought the Packers were going to go for it. Like 
Aaron Rodgers is having a year right now like he hasn't had in a long time. And I'm sorry, Packer fans, this isn't staying around. This Aaron Rodgers is not going to be around forever. This is one of those fluke years where a guy at the end of his career is like, oh man, I'm going to come out and show you guys exactly why I've been around for so long. You get the dynamic duo of Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, and you have just a receiving core that originally didn't look very good, but has come out again and again and proven that they're better than people think they are. The defense was a huge, huge problem. And, and again, not as big as Seattle. I'm not going to sit here and you know, mince words on that. But I really thought that they would have, that Goody or Gutekunst would have really gone after somebody. There was a huge rumor that they were going to try to get J.J. Watt to come up to Green Bay. Granted, that's one of those big, far-fetched trades. But are you telling me right now that a first-round draft pick and some assets down to Houston to get J.J. Watt on that line next to Kenny Clark and the Smith brothers wouldn't have changed everything? It's, it's crazy to think because one player, you know, they say, oh, it's a team score. One player doesn't make or break it. One player like that can turn around that defense and give Aaron the defense that he needs to just demolish teams in the playoffs. And that's the thing. You, you bring in a guy like J.J. Watt who clearly wanted to leave Houston. Like he, he has said multiple times, he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild. You bring in a guy like that, honestly helps the run defense quite a lot. <laughs> like, uh, so yeah, I, a lot of people were calling for Will Fuller or A.J. Green type of thing, but I have, I have faith in Alan Lazard I have since last season. So I was looking for that defensive spot and to see like three or four different teams trade for an inside linebacker and then us not even make a move at the deadline. I was pretty disappointed. They were saving that first-round pick for another quarterback. <laughs> uh, quarterback who's not even good enough to make the 52-man roster on game day. I think that's more of an uh, quote-unquote injury thing. I think he's rehabbing something. Okay, well, maybe he should. It's like a preventative thing, I think. Okay, sure. Whatever you say. That's all I'm saying. I Listen, I'm still okay with the Jordan Love draft pick. I think we should have drafted someone else, but I'm okay with it. Yeah, so NBA uh, news, this was bigger news until about an hour ago when the Golden Knight, as you guys know him from our booms, busts, and sleeper picks for fantasy football, had alluded to the fact that one of the two huge moves that the Bucks made had actually fallen through due to a player being a whiny bitch. So the Bucks made a trade with the involving the Kings and involving the Pelicans that moved around a lot of pieces. In the long and short of things, the Bucks would have received Jeru Holiday and Brogdon Bogdanovich and then Justin James. It is what it is. That's not the, neither here nor there. The Kings would receive Dante DiVincenzo, DJ Wilson, and Ursan Eliasova. And New Orleans receives Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, and three first-round picks. Initially, when this trade came out, I was ecstatic. I know a lot of people said we got rid of a lot of parts. We got rid of a lot of pieces. What is our team now? We're like skeleton crew. Drew Holiday and Bogdanovich give us the shooters that we need. They give us the legitimate offensive threat and the legitimate defensive threat that we didn't have in Hill or Bledsoe. And as much as we love him in Wisconsin, Dante either. I think that, you know, the big problem we always have is that Giannis is the guy we have to lean on no matter what. And he is the star of the team. We get that. He's the MVP back-to-back for a reason. But when a guy drives to the lane and he needs to dish out for that game-winning shot, and he has to find one guy of 10 guys on the court, Chris Middleton, to make a shot, this was going to alleviate all that because Drew Holiday and Bogdan are legitimate shooters. It gives our team something to go off of. In addition to that, because of the moves that were made, it left enough cap space to build a solid bench that can play behind it. And the last thing I'll add to it is having just a small stable of really talented guys is going to force Coach Bud's hand 
to make them play more minutes. I cannot stand the 12, 13 man deep stuff we run in the playoffs and only seeing Giannis play 21 minutes. If your star is not playing 35 or more, I don't even know why you're competing. He needs to be out there. LeBron is out there. Anthony Davis is out there. Durant is out there. Curry's out there. Those guys are out there when it matters. And you can't have guys sitting on the bench when it doesn't matter. Kyle, what were your original thoughts on this trade? Our original thoughts were fantastic. I mean, Bogdanovich, Holiday, Middleton, Giannis, Brooke Lopez, probably best starting five in the NBA. Le- legit would have been. Um, and good luck to the commentators trying to say Bogdanovich and Anadokounmpo in the same, you know, that, that would have been fun. But um, it's unfortunate maybe. And hey, Bogdanovich is still going to restricted free agency. There's still a chance he could make his way over, but maybe there was a, maybe he just didn't want to come over. Maybe there was some problem with that, but I think we're still getting Drew Holiday, getting rid of uh, Eric Bledsoe, like uh, not getting rid of, I shouldn't say that. I like Eric Bledsoe. He, I think he fit well with us, but he had a big contract and he did kind of cost us like that. The way he played wasn't really fitting uh, towards the end there. So moving on from him, bringing in a young guy, which I, it always seems like Drew Holiday is older than he is but who has just been outstanding on each side of the court, averaging like 20 points a game and like 10 assists. The dude's going to – I think he's going to play so well with Giannis. And, again, I I was sad about losing Dante DiVincenzo. I know he's a good trade piece, but, man, I think he's going to be a good player. I am okay holding on to him. I really am, and I think Giannis likes him. He's a hustle player. We see him bring that Villanova style of play to the NBA, and he – he really balled out this year, especially in the bubble. Like, he he really impressed me. Dante DiVincenzo, the big ragu the with big the, ragu. Milf, the milf mommy from Villanova. <laughs> so, as uh, Kyle kind of alluded to, the uh, trade with the Kings and Bogdanovich did fall through because he had no interest in being traded. There was the front office of the Kings and the front office of the Bucks, like, yeah, this is a done deal. Let's sign on the dotted line. And then when all the news came out, he's like, yeah, no. Milwaukee, regardless of how talented the team is, Milwaukee and the Midwest continue to be hard places to get people to come and play. Milwaukee is not a desirable city. I'm sorry, when you can go play in Miami or Houston or LA, or there's there are almost every other place in the league you can go play for. Even right down the road, Chicago is more desirable than Milwaukee. Not only is it cold, not only do people not want to come to Wisconsin, Milwaukee continues to be and still is the most segregated city in the entire country. It's still not a great place to live. Brian can attest to that. And I can say too, if you're like a million dollar basketball player, you're like Chad said, you're going to want to live in like an LA or at least like a Florida or something where there's something to do. Milwaukee, one of the two main things to do is go to a Bucks game. <laughs> one of then, one of like the two main things to do in your city is to go to work. Then what? <laughs> you know. Then you go to a Brewers game. <laughs> then then you you drive through the slums to get to your house. Yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate to see that go. But again, with those assets back, I don't think that horse is going to spend much time and, and monkey around. I think he's going to go back out and chase another guy. They did this with the intent to get Giannis to sign that Supermax. I think that starting five, that was a walk in the park. Giannis was going to walk in. He's like, give me a pen. Let me sign this. It's exactly what he asked for. He had like five guys on his list of people who he wanted to play with. Drew Holiday was on that list. Bogdan was on that list. He also had like Chris Paul and other players like that, some more desirable than others for this team. But it's unfortunate to see it fall through. I'm still glad you see Drew Holiday 
Some people complain that we overpaid with assets. I'm glad that we – George Hill, he's a great fundamental guy. He's a great shooter. He's a veteran on the team. He didn't need to be here. Eric Bledsoe can continue to be a liability in the playoffs, mm-hmm. especially on the defensive end. Three first-round picks. I'm sorry for those of you who are new to Milwaukee Bucks fandom. You know we traded away? Thon Maker, DJ Wilson, and Rashad Vaughn. And then you go, who? Thon Maker? What? Yeah. Rashad Vaughn? What? Yeah. We don't first-round pick well. We don't second-round pick well. We uh, Second-round pick. Second-round pick. I mean, Giannis was a first-round pick, too. But second-round pick, Brogdon, who ended up being a rookie of the year a few years ago. Malcolm Brogdon. Right. Okay, we get a couple, we miss a couple. But Dante DiVincenzo, uh, DiVincenzo was first round a couple years ago. But yeah, again, many first round draft picks yeah. in the state of Wisconsin do not go our way. So it, it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, come the end of the trade deadline and exactly what's going to happen after the draft tonight. I'm, I'm gonna, excited to see what happens because I know we had a couple second round picks. But uh, before we get out of the Chadillac check down, even though they didn't play this week, we got to do our new fan favorite segment. Suck it. Elvon. This, Kyle, if you are not aware, is Suck It Elvon. It's where we talk shit about the Cowboys. And even though they were on bye this week, we still get to talk about it. Even on a bye week, we can do this segment because when the Cowboys are the worst team in the NFC East at 2-7, and seven, the Eagles being the best team in that division at 3-5-1, and one, even the best team in the division still at – oh, wait, I wrote this before the Eagles stats updated. Anyways, 3-5-1 and one is still worse – than the worst team in the NFC West. You're telling me that the four in the NFC West at four and six can still be better than the three, five, and one top of the NFC East. It's that whole division is garbage. The Giants are not good. I don't think Daniel, Daniel Jones is the guy. Cowboys do not look good, especially after Dak is gone. I'm sorry, there's a team without a name. And actually, that's the team I'm pulling for because look at Alex Smith on this comeback train and they lost by this close to Detroit and Alex Smith deserves it more than anybody in that division and I think the football team is going to pull away with it I really do I, I like Alex Smith is a huge upgrade from Kyle Allen and Dwayne Haskins like let's not even talk about those two guys and how they're in the league but like Antonio Gibson and Jenny McKissick Terry McLaurin is going to be a superstar in this league and that defense is top 10 in every category this team should be a lot better, and now they have a good quarterback. Yeah, it's exciting to see. Even as not a sports fan, so many people know about this Alex Smith story. I mean, the fact that the guy snaps his leg and has to have over 20 surgeries to get it fixed almost dies because of an infection and almost has to get amputated. It's a comeback story of the century. Yeah. It's awesome to see it. Before we get out of sports, let's swing it over to myself and the Golden Knight with Fantasy Booms, Busts, and Sleepers. It is time. It's a short segment. It's a fast segment. We love this segment. It's fantasy football, boons, bus, and sleepers with the Golden Knight. Welcome back, sir. Thanks for having me. As we say, it's fast and it's furious. Let's fire it right out of the cannon with your boom for the week. My boom for this week is T. Higgins, wide receiver for the Bengals. Bengals have been a frisky team in games this year, and against a bad Washington team, I feel Higgins will have a big day. Higgins has quickly become quarterback Joe Burrow's favorite target, scoring the only touchdown for them last week. So look for more of that this week. You saw that when A.J. Green came back, and I think it was the first game. A.J. Green had two targets and one catch, and T. Higgins had like 13 targets in the same game. So, you know, he's his favorite player, and you can absolutely see a boom coming from this guy. My bust for this week is Le'Veon Bell, running back for the Chiefs. 
It probably has to do more with the fact that the Chiefs have the top quarterback in all of football right now, but Bell has not done much as of late. Even though they play the Raiders, I think the Chiefs are going to throw it all over the place instead of running, and I don't see Bell getting many looks. Well, in addition to that, it doesn't help that you've got Clyde Edwards-Solaire, like the top running back in this draft class, arguably on that team as well. And he's like their future guy. So even picking up Bell was a little confusing for some people, but I can absolutely see you uh, see you hitting big on that one as well. And then my sleeper for this week is Jameis Winston, quarterback for the Saints. Put Jameis in the sleeper because the last time we saw him as a starter, he was throwing picks and fumbling all over the place. This time he's on the Saints and has a great coach to help him. And against that bad Falcons D, he should have himself a nice game. Hey, he got the LASIK. There's nothing stopping him now. I mean, exactly. Tampa, he can Tampa see Bay the players now. Yeah, Tampa Bay didn't think so, but uh, he got the LASIK <laughs> and he's ready to rock. So Exactly. Excellent. All right, excellent picks this week. Golden night as always, and we look forward to having you back next week. Uh, and for Fantasy Football's Booms, Busts, and Sleepers, I'm Chad Coffin. And I'm the Golden Knight. We'll see you next week. So we checked out of the Chatterlock Checkdown, and now we're going to check into some best off recommendations of the week. I have one this week that's kind of like a tag on of two, I guess. One being HBO Max, now available on the Amazon Fire Stick. So if you do your streaming through Amazon and through the Fire Stick, you can now access HBO Max. My girlfriend and I in our new house, we recently got a new TV and we found out that HBO Max was also available on Samsung TVs. So over the weekend, after doing a lot of housework, we took some downtime and decided to go into HBO Max and watch a movie. And we watched a newer movie that came out this year, right before COVID became like a big thing and all the shutdowns and things happened and the theater shut down. And that was The Invisible Man. That is my recommendation for this week. It was a movie that looked like it could be a stinker, looked like it could be predictable, but I actually had a lot of fun with this movie. The first like 10 to 15 minutes was probably like the most suspenseful of that movie. You like you kick the movie off with that and it's like, "All right, like I'm in. I'm good." A movie where you can literally just shoot the background and portray someone being there and do it successfully and even like the little itty bitty amount of cgi that they had to use was still very well done just like the practical stuff too and the stunts of like whipping these people around as if you were being whipped around by an invisible person it was it was a lot of fun and i i highly recommend it this is the gal uh, that's the gal from the handmaid's tale right yes yeah I forget what her name is. She's in Madden too. I don't remember. <laughs> Want me to go? Uh, yeah, so I actually have two uh, that I thought of right away. It's an album and a podcast, actually, that I have been just absolutely addicted to. The album came out just earlier this year, July 31st. It's Dominic Fike. And I don't know if you guys have heard of them, but I, I'm new onto him. And then he dropped an album like a couple weeks after I got onto him. And it's called What Could Possibly Go Wrong? It's just a good vibe. It's just, it just puts you in a good mood. You can just listen to it and just kind of just kind of chill. Or it'll just get you through the day. You can be in a lot of different types of moods to listen to this album. I've listened to it multiple times. So definitely go give that uh, a listen. Um, and then 
a, a podcast that I wanted to recommend. And no, it's not any of mine. <laughs> um, I wouldn't do that. I thought it was going to get so deep in here. I'm like, oh, God, get the boots out. Here we go. No, I wouldn't do that. No, this podcast, it's called the Spitballers Comedy Podcast. Absolutely phenomenal. It's won the best comedy podcast award two years in a row in 2019 and in 2020 already this year. And it's very like they do drafts like we did today. They do drafts every episode where it's just like it's either a battle royale where you're placed at a hospital. What are you drafting to win a battle royale? Or you're picking Disney princesses to compete in a battle royale. Or you're just picking the best sandwich. Like you just have to like they just do random stuff. They do would you rathers, they do situations. It is genuinely i listen to this podcast while i'm at work and i genuinely have to walk away from customers sometimes because i want to i i'm just laughing so hard it's one of my favorites for sure i have two things to say first how dare you direct our audience away from our podcast to go no of course they're gonna listen to this if they're this deep into the episode then they're listening every week already kidding kidding (laughs) and uh second name the the artist again for that album and then tell us what genre music it is uh-huh it's uh dominic fike and uh man what i guess i'm terrible at like what kind of i guess he'd be aboriginal electro synth pop <laughs> i he'd be a little more like alternative rap slash pop type of thing but like okay. it's not like it's not like what you would hear on the radio <laughs> necessary it's not like a top 50 type of thing that you would hear i don't have the best stop this week i was gonna best stop but there's already plenty of best stop out here for you guys to catch in the week and as we said everyone is always super busy in their lives again guys uh get at us we are the midwestern nerds m-i-d-w-e-s-t-e-r-n-e-r-d-s at midwestern nerds on twitter and instagram the midwestern nerds podcast on facebook all our streaming services uh, were mentioned before. Please remember to rate and review us. Guys, get after us. MidwesternNerds at gmail.com. We want to see what you guys would have drafted. We're going to put up this file. I'm going to turn it into a picture. We're going to get it up on Instagram and Facebook so that you guys can pick and let us know. Uh, we'll definitely get you a shout out on the show. We'll definitely read your team out. Uh, and maybe we'll send you something fun in the mail, some Midwestern Nerds stuff or something weird and random. Maybe I'll do a sketch for you. I know a lot of like shows that I listen to have like comic book artists on them and they're like, oh, I'll send you a personalized sketch. And the caveat to that is I am a terrible artist. <laughs> I would absolutely will... love a sketch from you, Chad. Is <laughs> <laughs> that something you can cherish forever? The... You'd be like, oh, is that from your kid? Why is it on the fridge? No, that's from a grown adult. <laughs> I was going to say, you could use your son as a, as a backup of my son. My son drew this and I signed it. Here you go. It'd probably be better. Um, (laughs) It's a good fallback. Guys, you know where to find us. Thank you for listening again. Before we go, of course, we want to say thank you to Kyle. Kyle is a friend of us in real life and a friend of the show. He got us to where we are. He got the Western nerds here to you. The high quality sound and content that we bring you every week has a lot to do with Kyle. Uh, Kyle, do you have anything that you want to pimp before we get off of here? I will only pimp one of them uh, because it's pretty much the only active one right now. But one more last one. It's my new podcast that we just put up, episode 12, Wednesday, today. So please go check that out. Comedy Freeform. We literally do not plan anything ahead of recording. So it does get interesting sometimes. But it's it's a very fun listen. Like, it's just fun to record. And a a lot of my buddies have told me they, they just 
they just like to listen and laugh along. So please give that a shout. It's been a lot of fun to do. Um, at one more last one on Twitter and at one more last one pod on Instagram. It is a good show. It's one of those shows. Um, I say it all the time. I'm a huge Tell Them Steve Dave podcast fan, and it's a lot very similar to that, where it's basically like wherever you – granted, I wouldn't have jammed myself in the closet that you guys recorded in, uh, but when you guys are sitting around the table, like I can just – that's the vibe where I just feel like I'm sitting in a chair at the table with you guys laughing along and enjoying it. So apparently after you listen to your favorite podcast in Western Nerds, then you go listen to the Spitball Comedy Podcast, and then you go listen to one more last one. They don't have to be in that specific order, but let's keep the weekly listenership up because we need it. It's what gets us going every week. I'm a big podcast guy. I genuinely listen to a, at least five episodes of different podcasts a day. Sometimes it's even more. Like I listen, I'm subscribed to 10 or 12 podcasts. I, I don't know why, but I love them. I am the same way. <laughs> well, folks, unfortunately, it is that time again. So for your Midwestern nerds, I am Chad Coffin. I'm Brian Stoffel. And this has been Kyle Olson. And whether it's beer, brats, comics, or pops, keep it nerdy.